Welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Happy uh, whatever day you are hearing this. I hope that you are well. I hope you are having the day that you need wherever you are in this world. Uh, Today's interview, I am, this is a person who I have long looked up to. She is a mentor of mine. She is one of the nuttiest, like her story is unbelievable to most. Her name is Pixie Asia. And if you know her now, you know her as a master soul cycle instructor. You know her as an instructor of the class. You know her as Purposeful Pixie on Instagram. You know her as a yoga teacher. You know her as a healer. You know her as the founder of Surf Sweat Serve, which is a surf retreat that focuses on community service. You know her as the leader of the Do It for the Dopamine Challenges. She's just an all-around, well-rounded fitness expert. She's a mindfulness coach. She's like the most amazing human. And we're going to talk all about just the journey that we each have and how to own it. I mean, if there's a person I think that has owned her journey, all of her ups, all of her downs, and really been unapologetic with her journey, it's Pixie. And I think if you are a person who is, I don't know, if you're struggling to really love your journey or to really embrace your journey, this is definitely an interview for you to hear. I just can't wait for you to hear it. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I was asked to try Organifi, which is a superfood company. And I am always down to try things that are good for me. And I have been using their red drink and their gold drink. Their red drink is all of your essential reds. Your gold drink is all of your turmeric and things that help you kind of wind down at the end of the night. I've been using them for a couple of weeks now and I've really noticed a difference. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables as it is, but having a dedicated red drink to make sure that I'm getting all of my beets and you know reds, raspberries, apples, all of my reds, fruits and veggies into my system very quickly and then having a turmeric infused drink to have at night to calm me down and get my head away from any of the stress that's happening in my life. I'm obsessed with these products. I think you will be too. If you are interested in giving them a shot, head over to Organifi.com. Use my code on the daily for 20% off and let me know what you think. I'm loving them. So give them a shot. See if you like them too. If you're just tuning in to On The Daily, welcome to our family. Welcome to our community. Last week was our launch week. We launched two episodes. One was with my very best friend, Christopher Jacob Chandler. The other one was uh, with me, and it was a little bit on limiting beliefs. If you missed those episodes, go back and see. Chris gave the most amazing recap of his journey from kind of hiding himself and who he truly was to where he is now, which is living in full Technicolor in Austin, Texas with his husband and their not one, but three dogs. He is bold. He is courageous. He is 
beautiful and amazing. And everything he says just goes right to your soul. You will have tears, you will have laughs, you will have joy. And then hopefully you're going to feel a little bit lighter and brighter throughout your day after you hear that episode. And then if you are struggling a little bit with your limiting beliefs and just feeling like maybe you're not good enough, go ahead and listen to Friday's episode. I kind of hone in on that and give you some actionable to-do items to really uh, maybe help you conquer some of those. So I hope that you go back and listen. If it is your first time listening this week, welcome. I am so, 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 so glad you are here. All right. Let's dive into this episode with Pixie. Hi. Welcome, Pix. I'm so glad you're here. How are you? I am the truth. Always. <laughs> uh, I am I am great. I am grateful. I am exhausted. I'm emotionally drained, but I'm good. That's good. I am all of those things as well. It's been yeah. quite a week, but it's like really nice to see your face. So, hmm. um, so I think one of the biggest reasons I wanted you to be on this podcast, I've kind of already told you, but just so everybody else is clear, I think like your story from even before I knew you, when it was like you on a TV show with like giant hoops in like giant, like, like plugs in your ears, right. Until like who you are now. That journey is absolutely insane and probably unbelievable to most, but I have always really admired your authenticity through your journey, even when it's down, even when it's up, even when it's just kind of like bouncing all over the place. I've always really respected your authenticity. And it's one that I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about. A lot of people are afraid to talk about like, the different turns and twists that we take in our life to get us to where we are right now in this moment. So I would love first for you to just kind of give everyone like what, tell us about your journey. Like what's your story to like who you came from, to who you are today, which is like, in my opinion, one of the most acoustic, authentic humans I know. So yeah, whatever you want to say, no, uh, no, nothing's off the table. No rules. Mm. Let's see. First of all, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Congratulations on your podcast. It's really sweet to hear you say those things about me because I feel the same about you. Um, I love that you live your life so out loud and authentically. And um, so it's nice. It's kind of like namaste. The light in me sees the light in you. You know, game, recognize game. But really, I think it's just truth, recognize truth. Totally. Yeah. My journey, man, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where I would begin. There's, there's so much. I mean, if we were to do like the cliff notes. Sure. From what point, what age, when do we start? What's like the, the age you remember is like a, a huge pivotal age for you. Let's go like you're like the first like big pivotal age you can remember. Let's go from there. Uh, well, you just took me somewhere. All right. Well, <clears throat> that's where we're going. Okay. I was 11. Ufta. I was 11. And I think one of the moments when I realized that, that, um, oof, D, sorry. I don't know where you just took me somewhere. This is good. This is a pivotal moment. When I was 
when I was 11 and I was kneeling on the side of my mom's bed and, um, I came in to tell her that her boyfriend had been molesting me for a very long time. And, um, she cried and dear God, I hope she never hears this. And she said, after she finished crying, okay, well, what do you want me to do? And I remember feeling like I was floating in the middle of space, like just by myself. I think I just knew in that moment that all I was going to have was me. And so I think that that is, um, that's my dog snoring. Sorry. I love him. Um, (laughs) He just is snoring all the time in my life. There's no quiet space. But I think in that moment, I kind of like life hit. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. This is real. We are an adult now. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're not protecting me. Got it. I'm me. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, people do the best they can with what they have. And I think that there was a lot of denial there and shame and, you know, a lot of stuff. My mother was a child. You know, she had three kids by the time she was 24. So that was kind of the first like, oh, it's just you. And I think that that kind of gave me a backbone that um, has just been really solid in all areas of my life. And I, um, you know, there was definitely a lot of healing around that and a lot of trauma and a lot of work and a lot of bad acting out and re-victimization and stuff throughout my life. But so I I think the reason that my mind went there is because you said the girl with the plugs, right? I had these inch and a quarter plugs. and. I have my whole body is covered in tattoos and I always had piercings in my face and rainbow colored hair and dressed very wild and like a boy or I just felt like the louder I could be, the more distracting I would be and the fewer people that wouldn't accept me for all of that wild, loud, gritty abrasiveness could get in. So it's like I, I casted this... I put this armor all over me, but I didn't know it then. I just thought like, what do you mean? I love it. I'm dynamic. This is fun. I'm creative. I'm a clown. I think these are so cool. I love these tattoos. I love the split tongue. I love these giant ear piercings. I love all these things. And um, I think that I later on in life learned that it was a kind of a filter. It was like a, it was a wall of protection. And so if you didn't like me or were going to judge me for being all this extra, then you wouldn't come into my life. And so then I would protect myself. But if you could handle all, right, exactly. But if you could handle all of that protection and you could handle all of that abrasive, weird, loud, whatever stuff, then I kind of felt like, all right, you're cool. You can, you can be with me. Like we can be friends. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It was like, you had to put up like so much armor and it's like, if somebody was really like, I'm probably sure whether it was like a friend or a potential like lover, if that person could get through your armor, then they were, they were worthy. Otherwise it was just something that you could use as like a defense mechanism. Right. Then they passed the test or like, 
I would think about it as if I was just regular and had no tattoos and no piercings and was very subdued and easy and gentle, then everybody would love me. But then later on in life, I might learn that that person was judgmental or cruel or mean or whatever, or I would, they, that person would learn more about me and learn that I had this like tainted, icky past and then they wouldn't love me anymore. So I think that uh, when I look back at the versions of me, I'm grateful for every version that I've been. I'm grateful for every iteration of the girl, of the little girl that I, that I've been. And I know that I needed each one to get me a step further in my life, but I've just like graciously thanked each version for her time and her spirit and her bravery and her fight. But then just kind of let her know, like, I don't need you to be so brave anymore. You don't have to fight so hard anymore. You don't have to wear all that armor anymore. Like, even if these people don't love us, I will always love you, you know? And so I think that I've become a little bit more a little bit softer and more feminine in my years, in my journey. You totally have. Although some would argue that I'm still not. <laughs> I mean, listen, like age is just a number, but I think what really stands out to me about what you just said was, you know, everybody goes through that phase in their life where they're like, I'm going to be who I want. And like, you take it or you leave it, you know, and we all go through that. But oftentimes, I mean, and I can say this for me also, oftentimes that is a coping mechanism for something, right? Like my mom and I, when I was in t a teenager, we had a horrible relationship. I've told you about this. Like we did not get along. And I was so, so much like my dad. I still am to this day. And my parents were divorced when I was two. And for, I mean, a lot of my teenage years, I was so sassy. I was, I had such an attitude, like the world owed me something. And you kind of go, get to a point where you go, no, nobody owes me anything. I owe it to myself. And I think that's like what really stands out to me about your story is after you started like taking off your armor, I mean, go, go give us like what happened when you found fitness? What happened when you found soul cycle? What happens when you found, you know, the things where you could actually then turn around and give back? Because I think at least from what I know of you, that's where you shine. Like you are such a giver and like you are a light worker and you are a, like, you give energy so well, but that came after, after a journey, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not like painting a picture of a victim or anything either, but, um, you know, there was lots of life history and trauma and experience that happened that then I became a pretty depressed you know, so I was in therapy and I was on antidepressants and I was also, you know, a little tomboy. My dad was a wrestler and a swimmer and so was my brother. And so I was also a wrestler and a swimmer and I was on the track and cross country team and I just became kind of an athlete. I dropped into my masculine energy really young, both physically and just like kind of embodiment of like protecting myself and being a tomboy. And, you know, I later moved in with my grandparents and they, you know, they immediately saw like, oh, her eyes are bad and she can't read a book to save her life. And she needs more therapy and she needs antidepressants and, you know, kind of just like got in there and rearranged all the things and helped find healing, helped create healing in me and or the start of it, I should say. And so I, after I moved out, uh, before I graduated high school, I moved 
out of my grandparents' house and I gave up swimming and I just kind of was like a little skate rat and like worked at a coffee shop and got tattooed and pierced and like was playing with drugs and stuff. And then, you know, then I moved to Tahoe to learn how to snowboard. And then I lived at Kirkwood, the ski resort for the winter season. And then I thought maybe I'll go to college or something. So I moved to San Diego and enrolled in like a junior college because we were poor and I didn't really, there was neither of my parents went to college. Um, and so there was no really talk about it. So then I started like going to, you know, a junior college. I wanted to be a psychiatrist because I wanted to help girls that had been molested or something. And then the winter came and I moved back to Tahoe to snowboard again because I just missed the joy and the fun of snowboarding. And then after that, I thought, oh, I should get a real job. And so then I went to San Francisco and got um, my esthetician license and wanted to be a makeup artist. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I mean, like, like anybody knows when they're 18, you know, and then I became a stripper and I was a stripper in San Francisco and like made a bunch of money and had all this freedom and did this whole kind of like re-victimizing thing where in my heart, I, I, I felt like I was taking the power back. Like I had been sexualized and abused for so long. And now I was embodying my feminine sexual energy. And, you know, it was a quote unquote clean club back then in the day. So it was a little different than the clubs are now. So I don't really have any shame around the experience that I had. It was actually a really great experience and I made some really good friends. Um, And then my relationship with my father shifted and we got really close and all of a sudden I had to stop dancing you know? And so then I moved back to Tahoe again for the snowboarding because I just kind of was a snow rat and I loved it so much. And then I became a body piercer because I always loved body modifications and stuff. And then, then I was doing that for a while. And then I blew my knee out and had to have knee surgery. And then I moved to Minnesota because I got into the extreme modifications like tongue splittings and scarification and implants and suspensions and all of these wild things. I was going to say, does it seem like another life to you at this point? Because it's like the pixie that I know now is so much different. Even from the pixie I met, what, eight, nine years, eight, eight, nine years ago, like 10 years ago, like I, you have changed so much. And I'm like, she must think that is like a different life. (laughs) Yo, there's literally so many stories that I just will pop into my head and I'm like, oh my God, did I survive that? Like, my first tattoo I got when I was 15 in Montpellier, France, in a cobblestone alley on my boobs, like running around as not even 16 yet. Tatouage, tatouage, like how I didn't get hepatitis or get murdered in an alley, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like I look back and I'm like, yo, somebody out there is looking out for me because I've been in some sketchy situations, you know, the tenderloin yeah. in San Francisco, like just bizarre stuff that you know, I'm so grateful to have, you know, lived and survived. But so anyways, then I moved to Minnesota for two years. I fell in love. I was doing the extreme body modifications. That's when I got my tongue split and my ears scalpeled to inch and a quarter and did my suspensions. But I loved body piercing. I loved bedside manner. I loved taking care of people. I think I learned that at that age. Like I loved to take care of like when people were afraid. I liked to get them through their piercing or when they were scared, I'd like to talk them through it. Um, and I also liked to celebrate people. So like they would come in because they just lost 20 pounds or they just graduated this, or they just got that. And so they wanted to get this piercing to celebrate. So I kind of started tapping into, I like celebrating people and I like getting people over scary things. And then I moved to LA to work for a different 
piercing place. I'd never been here before. And then I, my little brother was living with me at the time in Minnesota and me and my best friend and my little brother moved across country here. Um, cause I'm from NorCal. That's where we started. Sorry, California. And so then I moved here. Petaluma, right? Yeah. So Dixon, Vacaville, Petaluma. And so then I moved, which Dixon was like a cow town that had one stoplight and one school and like no movie theater, no nothing like teeny. Wow. Lots of drugs and, you know, cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> drugs and cowboys. Yeah. Sounds like a party. Yeah. <laughs> so, so long story endless, then I moved to LA and, um, you know, I've been in LA for 15 years. So the, the reason I found the fitness, sorry, I digress, is that when I moved to LA, I was still on the antidepressants. I was still in therapy, but I wasn't working out and I was still slipping into that depression. And some of it was circumstance, you know, and some of it was untreated or still healing, you know, through my own life experience. But when I added the exercise back in, which was Andrea Luet made in LA, Gina took me to my first spin class 15 years ago. Shout out Gina 15 years ago. And when I started to add that in, I saw the light again and I was lighter and I was, I was happy. And then I, after a couple of years, I thought, I don't need to be on the antidepressants anymore. Fitness is actually the drug of choice. And so then I just dripped into the working out and then that turned into, I loved it so much. And then I was just naturally good at it. And then I would bring people with me. And then eventually a place asked me if I would teach for them. And then I did. And then it just kind of unfolded from there. And I had a million jobs in LA. I was a waitress. I was a vet tech. I was a makeup artist, taught yoga, taught spin. And so then that's how the fitness really happened. And then when, and that's kind of when I learned that my role on this planet is a connector. Like I'm a connector. I bring people together. I connect uh, friend groups and lovers and coworkers. Like I'm a connector, I'm a facilitator and um, I'm a healer, which is so weird to say, but. It's so crazy that you say that because that's exactly how I describe you. I'm always like, if there is somebody that someone else needs to know, Pixie will be the one to make the connection. And it's like, well, and it's like, I've known you. So y'all like I've known Pixie. I first met Pixie when I went to her soul cycle class. And I was like, who is this girl? She is insane. I'm obsessed with her. And I was like, it is my dream to ride on her podium with her. If you've ever been to soul cycle, like riding podium is a really big deal. And then she asked me to do it for my birthday one time. And I was like, oh my God, I'm about to like literally poop my pants. And like, you were such an integral part of like me having a career at SoulCycle. Like you really were. And you like pushed me. And honestly, like the fact that I am a connector now and like where I've come from, like, I feel like I've learned so much from you. And it's just so cool to hear you recognize that in yourself, because I think only when we are really honest with ourselves and when we are really confident in our, in like our abilities and our journey and like really like at peace with our journey, that's when we can really recognize that about ourselves. And that's like a huge deal to be able to say, I'm a healer out loud. I mean, that's awesome. And then to step into it, you know, and there's that whole thing of being so afraid of stepping into your potential. And now, um, I think, and I actually think that I started to forget that that's what I do. And then, you know, pandemic hit and I've always been an insanely hard worker. And that's just because we, we grew up poor and my parents just taught me that like we work, that's what you do. 
Like, (laughs) and so I've been an insanely hard worker my whole life and I'm so grateful for it. My dad always said, get a job, get a check. (laughs) There you go. I hope my dad is like looking down from wherever he's sitting right now being like, yup, I said that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dan. I know. Yeah. So, okay. So you, I have a question. So what in your, give me your definition of what it means to live an acoustic life. I mean, I think that that is a consistent work in progress, you know, because what's really cool about who we are and about the human experience is that like we come here and our entire experience is people telling us who we are and how we're supposed to be, what to do, what not to do. And our whole human experience is actually kind of absorbing our surroundings, deciding if they fit us, deciding if it aligns with us, fitting into other people's molds, fitting into other people's ideas and projections, and then fitting into what we want to be. And then, you know, thinking that we are a certain way or thinking that we know ourselves and then having, you know, outside variants or experiences kind of show us that in moments we aren't who we thought we are or and that can be good or bad like a, an incredibly challenging time in life can hit and you can you know snap and think you had it all together and then realize like oh i actually don't have it together and i need to work on that or an incredibly challenging time can hit and you can be rooted and grounded and be in conviction of like i got this and that can surprise you as well you know so i think that it is something that living an acoustic life is something that is constant work because as the external weather around us and the variables are moving around us, we monitor our internal weather and we learn that we either are or aren't living our truth, you know? And then there's moments where we get comfortable and we, you know, life is cool and we're groovy and we're going and going. And then all of a sudden something will happen or shift. And then we're like, oh, this isn't actually what I'm down for anymore. This doesn't align with what I'm doing. This, I feel like I'm not evolving anymore. I'm getting stuck, you know? So I think that living an acoustic life just would really mean to be staying present and true to the version of you that you are in that moment and knowing that we're dynamic and that shit's going to (laughs) change. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that definitely speaks to my heart. I think I've hit them with a plot twist so many times at this point that people People just kind of, if if my life is the same for too long, people are, they expect it. They're waiting. And I feel like you're the same way. Like people are waiting for a shift or waiting. And maybe that's the fact that I'm a Sagittarius and I just like float with the wind. I don't know. I mean, you know, you're a cancer, so it's the same. Yeah. I mean, you flow, right? So I, I think about, you said, you know, and your life can be going and you're groovy and then something can happen. And I feel that's where I'm at right now in my journey is I was going, obviously I've been working, I've I've been working my ass off the last couple of years to like really figure out who I am and like what my purpose is on this planet and everything was going right. And then what, four days ago, my dad dies and my dad is, I mean, he's my everything. Like my dad is my soulmate. Right. And now I'm kind of in this limbo where I go, okay, so what, there are things that were for me a week ago that I'm already starting to realize I don't need in my life. 
And that's, it's scary, but I think you nailed it. I think being acoustic and authentic is really just being able to recognize that stuff is going to change and shit is going to shift. And then it's not, it's not if, and when that happens, it's what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Right. So where do you think you're going right now? Like, what do you think? Where do you, like, where are you right now in your acoustic life? You know, like, what are you, what crossroads are you at right now? Interesting question. (laughs) Um, It's interesting that you're saying that because what I started to say was I forgot that I'm a connector and a healer until Mm -hmm. pandemic. And in that first week, I was like, as everybody suddenly became like a lady of leisure, I was like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? We're going to, what are we going to do? And then I got a couple messages from people like, are you going to teach anything? What are you going to do? And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to hold space there. And then that turned into these online challenges that I've had people literally since August, it's now January. And they've been with me every single month doing these challenges. And it's more than just fitness, which I always knew that even though my tagline is fitness is the drug of choice, what I've realized more than anything is that community is the new currency. That's my other thing that I say. And that's really at the root of it. And so I'm a facilitator of community. And within that community, it's healthy habits. It's journaling. It's a morning routine. It's an evening routine. It's talking about our feelings. It's connecting. It's vulnerability. It's authenticity. It's exercise. It's movement. It's breath work. It's all of those things. And so I'm reminded by universe in this time that, oh yeah, I am a healer and I'm a connector and it doesn't have to be under this corporate umbrella. It's within me and it's going to be with me wherever I go, whatever I do. And so right now where I'm at, That's interesting because I can feel a massive shift happening and I can also feel that there's like this intrinsic knowing that it's happening. And so I can feel myself like, I don't have space for that. This Mm -hmm. has to go away. I have to detach from that. I have to cut the cord to that. Like I can feel myself making space for whatever is about to come through. And I don't exactly know what it is, but I also had a dream two nights ago that I gave birth and I've never had a birthing dream or a pregnant dream in my life. And I gave birth to this little girl. And I remember as it was happening, I was like, like in shock and also like what's happening. And then I held her and her eyes were closed and I could see the afterbirth on her eyes. And I went to like wipe it away and she didn't open her eyes. And then I woke up and I thought immediately my ego came in and was like, well, what did you watch that had to do with pregnancy last night? Or like, who did you talk to that had to do with pregnancy? And I started to like talk myself out of this gift of my dream. And then as soon as I started to talk myself out of it, that energy, like, I don't know, that spirit or soul that wants to come through me presented herself again. And it was like, I could feel in every cell in my body that this soul said, no, I'm letting you know, I've picked you. Like Uh, you are, you are suitable and and I'm coming to you. Well, and it's so interesting because sometimes with like birth dreams or baby dreams, like it's not always like they say, it's not always like a physical birth, like a child. It could be like the birth of a new idea, the birth of a new you, the birth of a mm. new version of yourself, right? So mm. it could be any one of those things. Yes, yes. And that's definitely, I, I, I felt that too. Or it could be that you're meant to be a mom. Yeah, well, I know that I'm meant to be a mom. I just don't know if it's going to happen in this lifetime. But I, I felt, I really feel like that was a, a soul communicating to me that, I've been chosen and that, that I'm Mm. suitable, which ultimately means to me that I've reached another level of evolution that feels 
really good because if somebody feels like I'm safe enough to be the vessel that they exist in, you know what I mean? So, and then what's really funny about that is the, you know, I have my little calendar that I pull every day, every day, the calendar that I pulled that day said, I chose to come here and I love this life and all is well. And it was just a reminder that like, we choose to come here, you know, it was wild. Yeah. And you're like a huge, I mean, you and I talk about signs all the time, like what, you know, looking for signs and letting signs guide you. I mean, I think, yeah, that was for sure a sign from someone, from some soul, some universal thing. I have to tell you, I, this is like kind of off topic, but I have to tell you a sign I received from my dad. So it was like the day after he passed and what started it was, so the night he passed away, I was with him and I was on like the first half of the night shift and I didn't have a toothbrush. And so I went into the bathroom and his toothbrush was sitting there and I came out of the bathroom. I was like, Hey dad, can I, and I'm like holding his toothbrush up. Can I borrow your toothbrush? And then I like had a moment where I laughed at myself. I'm like, of course you can borrow his fucking toothbrush. He doesn't care. He's fucking dying. Like use his toothbrush. And so I kind of like giggled to myself because I knew that my dad would also giggle at me. For yeah. That. Like, he'd yeah. Be like, like well, I don't need it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And so then the next day after he passed, I was standing in my bathroom just thinking about the launch of this podcast and how I, I really like, I worked so hard. I mean, my producer Chase was laughing at me the day that I was like, I'd like to get this out in a month. He was like, wow, that's fast. That was the first thing he said. I was like, I know, but we can do it. We can totally do it. Right. Right. He's like, sure. And the reason I wanted it out so fast, which I didn't tell anybody was because I really wanted my dad to hear it. And he didn't, he passed before it launched. And I know he's listening and I know he knows, but I was asking him in my head, I was standing in my bathroom, just being like, dad, I need a sign. Like, do you know, like, do you know that I, I did this? Are you proud? Like I was just talking to him. And in that exact moment, I'm standing in the bathroom, nowhere near my sink, Breezy's toothbrush starts vibrating. See, and they speak through electronics. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh dad, but also I see what you did there with the toothbrush, you dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know? I love that. But it's so no. true. And then the, the whole rest of the day, I was like, okay, like I, I can, I can get through today because I know that dad is proud, you know, and it's, Sometimes all we need is those signs and they come in dreams, they come through technology. And then you kind of had yours affirmed when you pulled your calendar. So I love that. Yeah. And, you know, my friend Dave says that coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. And whether you believe in God or goddess or universe, I just think that that's such a beautiful statement that coincidence is the magic's way of staying anonymous. You know what I mean? And that's, that's beautiful. And time and space don't divide us, you know, and we know, no. we know that we transcend this human form. Totally. Yeah. So I have two more questions for you and then I have a little game. So oh. it's five years from now. What does your life look like? What are you doing? Who are you healing? Where do you live? Like, give me like a short little recap, a little overview of what your life looks like five years from now. Ugh. Like I'm on my moon, clearly, because I'm so emotional. I ask great questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I'm on my moon too. So I'm a little emo and I already worked out twice and I can feel this big transition happening. I mean, I mean, that's the cute thing about life is that it's never under our control, right? Uh, Right. 
when I went when I went to Rhythmia, that's the the ayahuasca facility. They have T-shirts that say "Relax." Nothing is underneath your is under your control. <laughs> Relax. Okay. Absolutely nothing is under your control. So, if I was to, I mean, you know, I don't know. My hallucination is that five years from now, let's say I'm thirty nine and a half. So five years from now, I um, would be happily married with a a family unit and a child and that I'm living near the water, whether that means here in LA or in El Salvador or in Costa Rica or in Hawaii, that I'm somewhere by the water and that my dogs are still with me (laughs) and you know, that my life is, you know what I've really always just, what I'm really yearning for is to land. You know, I feel like I have this like hummingbird energy and I've been told that I got an Akashic records reading and I've been told that by, by my guides that like, I have this hummingbird energy that's like always moving and going and going. And that the evolution process of me is like every two to six weeks and that I'm always fluttering and hovering and at this like speed and, you know, sometimes the rest of the world, especially in pandemic is like slow and murky and that I don't know how to land in that because it doesn't. So I'm just fluttering like, go, 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 move, move, move. And, you know, everybody in my life says to me, like, you're the shark. If you stop swimming, you'll die. I had friends buy me a television before because they were like, you don't sit down. Here's a television. Try to sit down. I never watch it. (laughs) So long story in this, I hope that I'm in a space where I feel like it's safe to land. Like there Mm -hmm. is a masculine energy that can be the container for me. Like there is, I just heard this recently. Who was it? Like if I'm the river, if I'm like the rip roaring rapids of the river and I'm moving and flowing and flowing, and that's my feminine energy. And I'm just like going and breathing life and doing that. The banks and the rocks of the river can hold and support my flow. And so I just, I, I, I'm yearning to land in a space that feels safe in a space that feels like home. Like I, like I'm really, I'm, I'm excited to create a home and a family and land in this energy that can support me and all of my rapid flowing, you know, and that, that my gifts are still accessible to the world, but without as much work, right? Like, I feel like I've been working so hard my whole life and I'm grateful for it, but I just hope that there's like, I'd like to supplement my income and, you know, reach more people with a little less of the grind, you know? And then when there's less of the grind, then the information or the gift that I am offering will be more rich and potent and land deeper in people than having my hand in 27 different pots and like quickly, you know, it's like a buffet, like here, you get some of this, you get some of this, you get some of that, like as quickly as possible. Yeah. So that was kind of vague. No, I love that. I mean, it's like, I probably would have given the same answer. I think some people have like a very specific five-year plan. I don't even have like a one-year plan. And so I, I I think it's like, it's a perfect answer. It's perfect. Yeah. I just, I, I, I know that I'll be happy. Yeah, of course you will. Do you know what I mean? 
Like, of no course matter, you will. maybe I won't ever have a family, but I know that no matter what I will have, I will be happy. That's just in my spirit. Um, so, but I'm excited. I mean, God willing, I hope God willing that I live another five years, you know, life is so precious. We don't know. So last question. And then we have a little game in this moment right now. It is 444 on Thursday, January 21st, Pacific Standard Time. What is Pixie most proud of in yourself? Damn, I don't know. Um, That's probably something I should work on. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because I have a friend once that, that said, if you don't celebrate your wins, then you don't deserve them. And uh, that really stuck with me because I have a hard time celebrating my wins and really being proud of myself. But I think that maybe I'm proud of myself for just really being me, (laughs) you know, and all the versions and just being able to stay kind, you know? Yeah. I think that, you know, in my heart of hearts, I am a lover. I love people. I love people. I love animals. I love, and maybe, you know, just... I don't know. It's such a hard question. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm proud of myself that I'm a hard worker, mm-hmm. proud of myself that I've never, you know, been struggling. Like I just know how to grind and make things work. And I'm proud of myself for staying kind and for knowing my, knowing myself well enough to be myself in all iterations. You know, I mean, I'm always me and Everybody doesn't love that, I'm sure, but that's okay. I'm not for everybody. Well, I'm most proud of those things in you. And if you ever need a child to borrow, you can borrow my son. Oh, he's so cute. He's the best. You're amazing. Truly, truly like such an incredible soul. And I just know there's so many people out there who are going to just relate so, so, so deeply to you. Even if they haven't shared your experiences, they've shared your feelings and I just think you're amazing. So before I let you go, we have a game and it's one minute long and I am going to ask you rapid fire, quick questions. And you have to tell me the first question, the first answer that comes to mind, which I know is not your strong suit. Okay. You're going to be great. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. One minute. Okay. Tequila or whiskey? Tequila. Mountains or oceans? Oceans. Blue or green? Blue. Well, aqua. So the merger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes or no? So yes has been a thing for me, but no is a new mantra that I am embracing because the word no creates a loving boundary around me. And by using the word no with conviction, I'm honoring that anything inside that boundary is only of loving energy and of nurturing, supportive energy. So actually the word no is right now. No. Would you rather see the sunrise or the sunset? Either. Would you rather sleep in or would you rather stay up late? I like to sleep in, but I'd love to be up early. Actually in this new iteration of me, I've been trying to tell myself like, I'm going to be a a. 5am-er. I need to go to bed at 10 and get up at five. So that's what I want to do. What I normally do is go to bed at like midnight and wake up at 6.30. Okay. And last question. You're going to a deserted island and you can take three things. Top first three things that come to mind. Go. Deserted island. And I get to take three things. Surfboard. Can it be an animal? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, well, Anything my surf, a surfboard, Gouda or Oscar, whoever's around, and um, Randy or Terry. I love that. You kind of failed at answering those fast, but I did appreciate your answers. <laughs> if you were ever really being graded on how quickly you can answer questions, you'd fail. <laughs> That's a yeah, because, you know, I'm afraid of messing up. I know. Okay, yeah. so tell everybody, you have Do It For The Dopamine. You have your Surf Sweat Serve retreats. You have an Instagram. Tell us where people can find you. Tell us about a little like where they can find your challenge, where they can find your retreat and where they can find you on Instagram. All right. My name is Purposeful Pixie on Instagram. I am uh, the founder and owner of Surf Sweat Serve. I'm proud of that, actually. Never in a million years did I think that I would have a business, let alone a retreat business where I take people to second and third world countries to experience life. You know, so I'm proud of myself for that. Um, Surf Sweat Serve, that's fitness adventure community service. I teach my do it for the dopamine challenges online. And those are super fun. We rotate between my signature class that I created called do it for the dopamine and we, and yoga with pixie and we have healthy habits and group chats and accountability groups. And it's super fun. And, um, I teach at soul cycle and I'm a teacher for the class and, um, that's it. Right. They get it all. Yeah. Yeah. You got it all. You have a retreat coming up in March. Yes. March 6th to March 13th. Yep. Reason I had to go. Come on. It's so fun. It's literally a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you so much and I love you to the moon and all the way back and around five times. Congratulations on your podcast. I love you so much. Thank you for having me. I love you. If you know me, which if you're listening to this, maybe you know me. But if you follow me on Instagram, you know my obsession with hats. I am such a hat fanatic and I'm not, I am not specific to one type of hat, y'all. I will wear any hat. It could be a beanie. It could be a bucket hat. It could be a fedora. It could be like a sailor hat. It could be a lot of different kind of hats, but I am obsessed. And Peter Grimm Hats has been my new go-to. They are a small business. They are just getting started and they are incredible. Their hats are such good quality. They ship fast. The customer service is unreal. And if that is important to you, go give them a shot. If you go over to petergrim.com, you can use my code Danielle M as in McCleary, Danielle M for 20% off. So go get yourself a hat. Spring is coming. Festival season's coming. We love a hat. I wasn't kidding when I said that Pixie is literally one of the nuttiest people I know. And am I right when I say that people hear her story and it's often things that literally sound completely unbelievable. Like a lot of the things she's been through are so wild. But one of the things I love about Pixie more than anything and what I really wanted anybody listening out there to get from this was that you can have a wild story full of ups and downs, even some things that you hear, you say out loud that you've been through and you go, oh my gosh, like, did I really like live through that as Pixie so brilliantly told us. And I think she just is this embodiment of really owning your journey and letting it be honest and authentic and not trying to be any one type of thing, not trying to fit into any one type of box. So I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you are loving this podcast, which I hope you are, and 
thank you for all of the love we've already received. It's been overwhelming and amazing. And I'm just so glad you're loving this. But if you are loving this and you haven't told us yet, head on over. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to give us a review. I love a five-star review. I'm working for your five-star reviews. Write a review for us. Tell us what you're loving. And then if you want to get in contact with me, you can find me at Danielle underscore on the daily. You can find the podcast at on the daily pod. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm not very good at TikTok, but I'm there. But slide into my DMs. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you don't love. Tell me what you want more of. If you have guests you want to, you know, want to tell me about, if you're a guest that you want to tell me about, I want to hear about all of it. We love feedback. We love communication. And I'm just, again, so grateful that you've given me your time today. So I hope that you have a beautiful day wherever you are. Our next episode will be the very beginning of what I'm calling February Couples Month. My friends, Sandy and Wade, are amazing. And if we're talking about authentic humans, they are living, walking proof. They have such a beautiful, beautiful relationship, both in business and in their personal life. And they, the way that they got together, their story since then, how they got together, all of it is just so beautiful and you're not going to want to miss it. So that will be on Tuesday. And then you'll have another episode of D Unplugged with me on Friday. So I hope you have a great day and we'll see you soon. <laughs>